0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talk Pile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. I'm Zach, username name Zach17. John J. Foster15. Evan Legacy3233.
1: Uh, Henry Scrax.
0: He's not even a user, he's just Scrax. He's that powerful. Yep. yep, absolutely. I mean, with an. He's just so powerful just like how the uh 2020 uh Colorado Rockies are so far What what the heck is going on? Evan,
2: at at time of recording, the sole possessor of the NL West uh lead and best record in Major League Baseball, 11 and 3.
0: Best uh this is our best start in history, right? By far. Oh yeah. I mean feels good
2: it feels great it's been
0: a lot of fun y'all are on the super super optimism train and i'm like got this like hesitatingly like but something's gonna happen you know
2: if it was 162 games i would agree with you but it's only 60 mm -hmm. yeah and also everything sucks so much Mm -hmm. so constantly that it's nice to be optimistic about something for a change that's true yep so, if
0: it's if we're eleven and three now, that's like fourteen games, just about you know a quarter of the season,
1: yeah,
2: and so uh, I think we I think we do hit the twenty five percent mark either today or tomorrow, probably tomorrow, and then that would mean that
0: John, you were telling
2: me about the playoffs.
3: Yeah, Fangraphs at the start of this, I think, had us like 8 or 9% chance of making the playoffs. And we're all the way up to 74%, which is, of the non-division leaders, um, the the best. So it goes Dodgers, Cubs, Braves, us. Man.
2: Except we are the division leaders.
3: Yeah, I realized it as I was saying it, but I couldn't take it back,
2: so it's too late now. <sighs> no take Dodgers this. ain't got nothing on us. Uh, They are still are like a pretty
0: decent team, and you know... I would love it if we won the NL West, and it would totally, you know, change my view of the entire world forever. If we actually won the NL West, I mean, it would be a sixty-game season, and there'd be an asterisk, and it wouldn't really be official. But at the same time, if that's what it takes, (laughs) I'm not even talking about the World Series or anything. I'm just talking about what twenty-seven years, twenty-seven years, and no division title.
2: You know, I don't. I'm even not particularly on the side of it having to have an asterisk. Yeah, it's a weird season, but I feel like, you know, if we win the division, if we make the playoffs, that's legitimate enough for me. And anything, anyone who says, oh, it's an asterisk, the Rockies aren't actually good, blah, blah, blah. That's a Dodger fan talking right there.
0: (laughs) I was just curious how many games the uh, Cardinals have played now. Any guesses?
3: I know they haven't played since July 29th. so I think it's five games. Five games, something like that. They played
0: five Jeez. games. <laughs> it's okay. And uh, you know we we do have a, a a nice okay lead over the Dodgers. You know we're eleven three, and they're ten and ten and five according to Fangraphs
3: right now. I'm not I feel they're better than that. Their run differential is better than that. No. Yeah. Well.
0: We are in sole possession of the best team in baseball, technically, right now. And we're not even doing everything, you know, like the best that we could right now. It's it's crazy. Um, first off, let's talk about why it might be that we are the best team in baseball right now. Um, John, you want to tell me about the offense? I
3: yes, sure can. Uh, so the offense has been... Not exactly amazing, but they've been league average they are 102 WRC plus right now ranked 15th in the majors But they have come up with a lot of timely hitting um, Even so just combining offense and defense from these guys. They're ninth in fan WAR. more So because of the defense our position players get propped up a little bit and so everything's functioning as is on the offense with the exception of Nolan Arenado But I think everybody here can agree that that's going to change eventually, and it's probably not too far away. Yep.
1: Henry, your feelings on Nolan Arenado's start? Uh, I mean, it kind of sucks to see him pop out so much, but we all know that he's an MVP caliber player, so he will get it going at some point. And if he doesn't, well, at least all our other, not all our other, but most of our other hitters are still popping off right now.
0: It, it's weird because like he is batting 185 right now, and yeah, he, his BABIP is 146. Sheesh.
3: He's been worth zero wins above replacement so far, yeah. zero, <laughs> which we know how good his defense is, so that says just how bad his offense has been I so mean, far.
0: some people have said his defense actually isn't as good right now.
2: overall the defense has looked a little bit sloppy uh i not anything to be terribly concerned about at this time a lot of i think our defensive miscues are coming from not having a full spring training then not playing for months and months then having a truncated summer camp and then all of a sudden it's baseball time yeah
0: i mean yeah I, i i on one hand i agree with you on the other hand there's this whole like in the spring training, a whole bunch of veterans say yeah, like I don't need spring training. I'm ready to go.
3: Well, I think some of the some of the defensive lapses have been magnified just because they've come predominantly at the end of games, and a lot of our games have been close, so they look they but they're magnified rather because they're not happening in the third inning. They're happening in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm trying to find if there's enough. Information on um, so as of 125 innings in 2020, Nolan's defensive runs saved is still three. Um, is like zone rating is 7.7, but he's like a third baseman. Yeah. Um, he's got like one error, whereas like you know Trevor Story. Um, what's going That's on with four. him, Evan?
2: I think Trevor Story is, you know. I'm rolling back to the same thing I said. We're with the truncated spring training, truncated summer camp. Trevor was never really a guy has never really been the guy who says I don't need spring training. He's played a majority of spring training games. He's there. I think he's still just shaking off a little bit of the dust because he has also made some incredible plays, at shortstop this season. So far, he's made diving Superman catches. He made, uh, he made that catch and throw, um, to first when he was, Flat on his butt. It was he's made some really great plays. Like the Trevor we know is there. He's just making a couple more mistakes than we normally have come to expect from him. Mm-hmm. And I think as the season chugs along, it's gonna get better. Trevor's
0: been pretty damn solid. I mean, he's got a hard forty way runs created plus right now.
3: Yeah, and I would just add to what Evan's saying that Trevor gets to more balls than a lot of shortstops do, so he's gonna make these crazy throws sometimes they're not going to work but he's going to get to that ball more often than other shortstops are mm-hmm. so on a throw that story makes that's off a lot of times another shortstop wouldn't even be able to get to that ball to make that throw
2: right or like when he, if he botches getting leather on the ball this is he still managed to get to the ball where another shortstop would not have made it all the way there so you, exactly. so you think it's
0: it's, the, it's his the statistics are kind of miscalculated on him because he's still he's getting to the ball when he shouldn't have gotten to the ball and then if something happens on that play it counts badly towards him. Yeah, so I would his say ad- so.
3: his advanced metrics will look amazing just because he's covering so much ground.
2: He's but got his... the range and he's got the speed. Yeah.
0: He will they will look amazing. Yes. Right now he's again this is what 14 games and he's not started one game um but he's got a couple of errors and he's got like a negative 1 defensive runs saved um it's not that I'm worried about him it's it's that like it's weird to see him make any errors and that's we're so lucky to even say that
2: yeah um but on, on the bright side he's been making up for it with his bat Uh, he is striking out a lot less. He's only striking out 12.9% of at-bats at this time, Mm -hmm. uh, which is dead even with his walk rate um, through 14 games in the season. He's looked a lot more patient and locked in at the plate than I believe we've seen him in years past. And I think part of that is part of this whole new Rockies uh, hitting philosophy where they're wanting to make pitchers work, but Trevor Story is making it happen. Mm -hmm. That, uh, That decreased strikeout percentage is a big deal. Uh, for him, because the woes in seasons past have been how often he strikes out. Yeah,
0: um, I headed to Baseball Savant for a second for Trevor's story, and his x-velocity is forty-fifth percentile. His hard-hit percentile is fifty-eighth, but like his x-woba is 96th percentile. X-slugging ninety-seven percent, barreling eighty-seven percent. The uh, K percentage is eighty-seventh percentile. So he's doing way, way better. Yeah. Um, and then I think we just quickly, you know, touch on, uh, the man who is out of this world. Uh, Henry, you want to talk a little bit about our man, Chuck Nasty?
1: Okay, so, I don't know, everyone has talked about in this, I would say the commentary from Drew Goodman, but also apparently the Mariners broadcast. He's hitting so well that people are expecting him to go to the next level. What is he hitting right now? Yeah, 446. uh yeah that's just absolutely absurd i can't really i don't know that just speaks for itself he's just hitting the the cover off the ball he's amazing and if he keeps hitting like not like this but if he keeps hitting at a high level like this maybe his long-term contract doesn't suck you know yeah
0: um he's got an ops of 1.154 right
2: now and, he, and that's 56 feet- at bats even his slash line is ridiculous to look at. Average of 4.46 on base percentage, 4.75 slugging percentage, 6.79. He's got a wOBA of .488. He's got a WRC plus of 206. He's tearing the cover off the ball. And this is after he came to summer camp late due to having COVID and was what 0 for 8 to start the season in his first mm-hmm. uh, eight at bats. And then all of a sudden, he just cannot be stopped. 11 game hit streak. He had a multi-game hit streak for, what, seven games? Yep. He's crazy right now. Our man, Charles Cobb Blackman. So
0: let me uh, posit a couple things about Charlie Blackman. He's 34, and he's hitting like crazy, and he's still hitting for power, which I was kind of surprised he could still do. And uh, he's hitting, what is it, third in the lineup? Yes. Yep. And how many years was he batting, like, first in the lineup? Four years? Like, forever, it seems like. Yeah, most of his career. And he was like, I like batting
3: first in the lineup. I'm like,
0: yeah, but, like, look what happens when you go to third in the
3: lineup. You know? Yeah, I think it was Drew Goodman last night noted that Charlie doesn't have to be as patient now that he's batting third. He can
2: swing at a first-pitch fastball if he wants to. Right, And what also helps um, for batting deeper into the lineup for him is that, you know, he is, as he gets older, he is losing speed. He still has the ability to stretch out his hits, but not to the degree that he had a few years ago. So there's less pressure on him batting leadoff to, you know, if he gets something deep, try and stretch that into a a triple or double when he not necessarily would be able to.
0: Right. I'm trying to, uh, let's see. So, I looked up his career. The amount of plate appearances Charlie Blackman has had batting first is 3,708. And he batted 307 when he batted first. Which, I mean, it's still a solid. And I'm just doing averages just solely based on that. Um, And this is back when he could actually steal bases and stuff, too. Remember when he stole bases? You know? Um, I mean, he's 34. What else is sad? He had 151 home runs batting first. You know, like. Those were nice. What did you say, John? Are you,
3: you happy about that? or? Those, those were nice, but they'll do more damage batting third. Right. And he's batted second 343 times
0: and third 123 times. He's batted third almost as many times as he's batted seventh or eighth.
3: Early season, early career Charlie Blackman.
0: Yeah, like, this is this is ridiculous. So, what I posit is that maybe we should tell Charlie what to do when he doesn't know what's best for him sometimes. Like DH? The there we go, Henry. Tell me more about that.
1: Uh, okay, about Charlie Blackman as a DH?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so blackman's all good hitting but we all know that like he's kind of got a noodle arm <laughs> i have to say that but uh he's a noodle arm and he's not quite the best defender in right field of course he was horrible in center but he's not particularly any better in the corners either so maybe it's time to dh him but then again we have matt kemp and like daniel murphy who are also both pretty poor defenders so maybe it just works for now but in the future mm-hmm. if the dh stays blackman has to be a dh
0: yeah um i mean first I
2: think, Go ahead, Evan. i would like to say from a visual standpoint at the very least charlie has looked better in the outfield so far in right field he's taken better routes he's making cleaner plays his arm is still not terribly strong unfortunately so he's not making those deep throws mm-hmm. but he's playing a cleaner right field than he played last year um some of his uh, advanced metrics. He's got a positive UZR on Grass of 0.3, which is not something he's ever had since 2012. Um, and, you know, that, that can always change. With the very least 14 games in, he's playing a much cleaner right field than he did last year. And when we have people like Daniel Murphy or Matt Kemp who can better fill the DH role, I think Chuck should stay in right unless he's needing that off day to get off of his feet and then play dh because we can we can have the same conversation again next year if we still have the dh where matt kemp and charlie blackman are gone but uh, i'm sorry matt kemp and daniel murphy are gone and then we can say hey chuck maybe you want to dh more but for this year i think it's fine to keep him in right field
0: okay john thoughts
2: yeah that's
3: you you They've put themselves into a spot signing Matt Kemp and having Daniel Murphy on the roster that Chuck's not going to get many opportunities DH in 2020. But if they ratify the DH for 2021, no Matt Kemp, no Daniel Murphy, presumably, Charlie Blackman should start at DH 90% of the time.
0: Yeah. I I think, like, right now. Sam Hilliard and right Field. Sure. Sam should go there. But, um,. Daniel Murphy, I mean, he's not the best defensive placement, but if you're going to have somebody with bad defense, put him at first base. Yeah. You know, and he's made a couple more scoops, and he's he's actually been able to get to more balls at first, but I've seen him make a couple not terrible plays at first base, honestly. Um, and I think he's gotten better since the season's gone on, and he's just hitting everything, and he somehow has power. And we're going to talk about Daniel Murphy in a second, um, and then the Matt Kemp thing, like, sure, he's not a be- great defenseman, but he he bats right. And so that's, I think, what really we have, is we have Matt Kemp, who is kind of a quasi-power righty, which we haven't had in, like, an off-the-bench power righty. And the last time I remember us having an off-the-bench power righty who wasn't Jason Giambi, it was supposed to be Pat Vileka. <laughs>
3: Who hit a home run for the Orioles last night?
0: Of course. Oh, yeah. he's, of, we all knew this was going to happen. Let me tell you why um, Charlie Blackman really should stop playing the field. I mean, yeah, Fangrass is one thing. And, yes, he got better from, like, last year. 2018 MLB percentile rankings, he was three outs. He was the third percentile of outs above average and a 12th percentile outfielder jump. 2019, he was, again, third percentile outs above average and a 10th percentile outfielder jump. And 2020, he is, now he's 21 percentile outs above average, but an eight percentile outfielder jump. He can't sprint, and he can't get to the ball quickly, but... Strangely enough, how you know how Evan was saying, he went from a third per- – I mean, like, there's been 14 games. He was in a third percentile of outs above average on baseball savant last year, and now he's gone to the 21st percentile, which is still bad, but it's, it's, it's something, you know? Yeah. Charlie Blackman should hit, and he should just hit, and that should be it. And now that he's finally batting third, he's doing just that. And then, how Evan said, Sam Hilliard would be a great fit there.
2: And it's such a weird change in how the conversation is from even last year, where last year we were saying, do we try and get Chuck to move to first base because then he's not playing the outfield, but we still get his bat every day. Mm -hmm. And now we're facing a very real possibility of universal DH for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. So if in 2021 we still have the DH, we have that option. And this is something that, as much as I personally dislike the DH the Rockies explicitly benefit from from having a guy like Charlie Blackman batting every single day without, you know, sacrificing um, defensive ability.
0: I hate DH. I always have and I always will except except now every relief pitcher has to face three batters anyway. So my one of my like i have like two reasons I, I like the lack of a dh is one every player in the field has to hit those are the rules of baseball but i guess rules change sometimes and then in like the later innings where you're trying to make like defensive replacements and make sure that there's a chance of like you know pitching versus batting matches up and do double switches and stuff it never really matters with the dh because you can just Put a guy in and take him out. Put him in and take him out without like any, you know, worries because there's the DH. But now with the whole you gotta face three batters thing, you know, there's automatically a uh, an advantage to the offense in that sense. And then you don't have to do any double switches anyway. And I, I don't know. It just if it feels like if we're going to have relief pitchers for the foreseeable future have to face three batters anyway. It's like the DH just goes hand-in-hand in, hand in it, and we just officially say there will always be an advantage on offense.
3: Which is the whole point of both rules. Let's be honest. Baseball wants more viewership. Offense gains viewership.
2: Yeah. Both rules benefit offense. Major League Baseball benefits. I mean, there is uh, there is the, the thing in the new three-better minimum rule, which is that if the pitcher finishes off the inning then they do not have to start the inning but if they do start the next inning then they have to finish facing their three batters so say you know we bring in tyler kinley for one out and he gets that one out and the inning ends we technically do not have to bring kinley back in Mm -hmm. for the next inning but it's just that most teams are continuing to use that same pitcher because that way they're not burning through their bullpen right
0: um, I feel like we're naturally transitioning away from offense into um, pitching. Um, were there any other like offensive things you wanted to talk about? Um, I'm gonna throw in my quick two cents. I still love Ryan McMahon, but please hit the ball and stop striking out. He's like a th- he's trying to be a three true outcomes guy, and he's not that guy because he's not hitting enough home
3: runs. Zach, you don't want to talk about Chris 116 oh, I WRC plus love Owings. Love I was about Owings. to say.
0: I've been calling for Chris Owings since, like, February. I'm like, I love Chris Owings. I don't know why. He's always got that spark, and he's always had, like, that drive. There's never a time where I've, like, looked at Chris Owings and said, he's not trying to play really hard right now. You know, and when he wasn't doing well, it was because baseball's hard, and it was harder than he at that time. And right now, he's only 27, crushing the ball defensively, offensively, um, he's a, he's a right-handed guy who's not the speediest, but he's not the least speedy. Like, if and and even if we go one step too far, which is this is the hyperbole of hyperboles, if Chris Owings is decent and 27 years old, and we are not getting rid of Ryan McMahon because Ryan McMahon turns around, and we're not getting rid of Garrett Hampson because Garrett Hampson is Garrett Hampson, Brandon Rogers needs to be traded. The hyperbole of hyperboles.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, you might want to check Chris Owings' uh, savant stats before you want to. Check I know, I know, I know. But we Owings still play. aren't even
2: playing Brendan Rogers. I have a lot to say about Brendan Rogers that is supposed, <laughs> supposed to be the optimistic part uh-huh. of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'll talk about that a little the bit later. But first of all, Chris Owings is 27. He's, I thought he was so much that's older. That's the that. thing
0: is, he's only 27, and the thing is we're not playing brendan Rodgers because we're a bunch of idiots and if you're not going to play brendan Rodgers and just have him waste his time away and you're going to keep brian mcmahon and garrett hampson and chris owings get something for brendan Rodgers.
2: well yeah. i guess garrett hampson is a left fielder now because that's where he's making all of his starts and playing good fielding and i i love garrett mm-hmm. hampson I'm actually very much in favor of him playing majority outfield with the infield that we have clogged as he is. He's got the speed and he's got the defensive talent to make the outfield work. Mm -hmm. We've watched him uh, excel in left field and center field. uh, I actually like him in left field because he's got less ground to cover, so his speed makes him stand out even more. And you know, if he can continue to improve on his bat skills, and he has been, then that he can be a fixture in that outfield especially if we move into a future where charlie blackman is no longer an outfielder but he's you know a full-time designated hitter or something like that so we could have an outfield of hampson Dahl, and hilliard
0: and then we don't have an all-lefty outfield either
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: and it's nice having a right-hander in uh left field um John, you're, you you want to definitely respond to the whole complete overreaction, way too much hype of Chris Owings. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Brennan Rogers should be a starter. We should be giving him plate appearances. He should be starting, but we're not doing that.
3: He can be he can be on the team in 2021. Who cares about 2020? 2020 is terrible. Yeah. Like the whole year is just terrible. Let Brennan Rogers just relax.
0: You think that's He's- what he needs?
3: He'll be on the team in 2021 at some point. I don't know if he'll break camp with the team, but he'll be on the team eventually. They'll shift Garrett Hampson to more of an outfielder. Chris Owings will, sorry to break your heart, Zach, probably not be on the 2021 team.
2: I actually could see, considering how this front office tends to work, Chris Owings being on the 2021 team, considering that we've signed Drew Butera three separate times in the last two oh years. Are we?
3: I mean, if there were still 20-man rosters, sure, but there's going to be 26-man rosters, and he's one of two you cut. You cut him and a pitcher.
0: Hey, one hopes. I mean, maybe that's the reason that we were playing Drew Butera so much, is because you're going to cut him, but... um are we are we still optimistic or are we are we going pessimistic yet let's go optimistic pitching and then we can stop talk, talk about brew Dutera.
2: pitching is so good oh, it's yeah. really weird to live in a world where you can say wow the rockies pitching is so good right now
0: um it's crazy um for those of you who don't believe in superstition you can get out no, I'm just kidding. Don't talk about a no-hitter while it's in progress. And I know two innings... He's sh- not
3: kidding, folks. He's, he's I'm not, not kidding. kidding.
0: And the no-hitter, like, yes, two innings is a little early to consider it, but don't be the guy who, who jokes about it in two innings in. Just don't be that guy.
2: Don't talk about the perfecto. Don't talk about the no-hitter. Just no, I'm so disappointed. Stop. I'm so
0: disappointed in the coverage of the, of the Colorado Rockies. You know... Drew Goodman saying like, Well, he is having a perfect game right now, blows it. Um yep. <laughs> PDP, I love you guys, but come on. You guys know better than that. And Nick Groke was like, Well, he just completed four game four innings of perfect ball. I'm like,
1: <sighs> Oh yeah, immediately as he tweeted that he just lost it.
0: I, I have no words to describe my <laughs> disappointment with Nick Groke. I have plenty of words, actually. I'm just not going to say them right now. I'm like, like y'all know the game and you love the superstition. You know, there's like golden thongs and rally squirrels and rally monkeys and you don't talk about it. And here you guys are just flaunting it in our faces that like, oh, we don't really care. And the thing is, like, yes, there probably isn't a jinx and probably this is way too much superstition. But the other hand is you said it and they lost
2: it. Well, maybe we can try and get Nick on the podcast at some point to defend himself. That would be a heck <laughs> of a get. It's
0: undefendable, like indef- indefensible, sorry. Indefensible. You don't say, he's pitching a perfect game. Oh, no, he lost a perfect game. Wasn't my fault. Yes, it wasn't your fault, but It's,
2: <laughs> it's Daniel Murphy's law. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Thank okay, you. Okay. Okay. Um, right. the- well, let's get back on track here. Uh, so the Rockies have the fourth best ERA in the league at 288.
0: And that's despite like the James Pazos stuff.
2: That's despite James Pazos and Wade Davis. Oh, did Wade Davis have a bad outing? That's weird. Never. would Never. I think he's dead now.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Figuratively, folks, we didn't murder him. We promise.
2: Um, I don't know. Zach might have. I have
3: an alibi. If he shows up dead, I have an alibi. (laughs)
0: I mean, so you take away uh, James Pazes and Wade Davis, you're taking away 3.1 innings out of 125 innings. And I can't see how many earned runs they've given up on this specific one. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, you got a 54 ERA to 16.88 ERA. And again, their relief starts. But um, before we like break down all the good stuff, um, in defense of Chichi Gonzalez. Okay, his his strikeout per walk. He was a the strikeout percent to walk percentage is like thirteen, and he gave up a home run. And his bat up was three seventy five. His left on base percentage is ninety five point two percent. He basically gave up a home run in three innings, and then he got pulled. And he had really good stuff, and then he lost it in inning, and then he up-pulled.
2: I'm wondering how long his shoulder might have been bugging him. Because they did retroactive his uh, stint on the IL for his shoulder. mm -hmm. And, like, chi is a guy that you really, really want to root for. And when he's got his stuff, we saw last September, when he's on, he can have really good stuff but we also with with him um you know getting lots of balls called things like that that's also just sort of how he pitches Mm -hmm. and we we've seen that and he he does have a tendency to get himself into trouble but he really did not do that much damage or or struggle that much uh he got pulled maybe because his shoulder was bugging him but also his pitch count was getting high up there and you know we really don't know. We I think to win he deserves another chance.
0: You know, he started being ineffective, and that's what you should start doing. If you're going to start winning games, you know that Chi-Chi's not going to be a guy who's supposed to go a ton of innings. Go ahead and pull him for Mr. Uh, Jeff Hoffman, who we all gave up on, right? Right. I definitely had. Okay, I'm just making sure nobody was trying to defend
2: themselves right there. No, I, I won't. I ragged on Jeff Hoffman constantly. I gave everybody who was like, Jeff Hoffman deserves another chance ragged on them constantly and for what it's worth I still don't think he should be a starter mm-hmm. but as a long bullpen guy I think he's got it
1: oh yeah
0: I think it's interesting so I'm gonna do a quick um. the BABIP kings of the keys right now are one um Daniel Bard with a 391 BABIP even though he's Lights out right now.
3: I mean, twenty percent strikeout percentage. So pretty great. Play.
0: And then the other Baba Kings you have are Chichi Gonzalez, who's three seventy-five and only three innings pitched in one game. So if that goes down, you probably have a better pitcher, and if he's not injured, and then you get Hiro Diaz at three fifty, who somehow is our closer, and I don't dislike it. It's just he's getting everything, just poking through. Man.
1: I don't know. Hyro Diaz reminds me a lot of Fernando Rodney at the moment. It's just giving me yeah. heart attacks every time he enters.
3: <laughs> That's an apt comparison, I think. Yeah, because his while his walk rate isn't terrible. I mean, six and a half percent isn't what you want from your closer. No, I mean,
0: I'd I'd rather have Yancy or Bard or even or Kinley be closer because I don't know. I just feel like they're better fits.
3: Just do closer by committee. do like that's what you should that's what we should do is closer by committee. Right. He's it shouldn't just be Hyro's job because he's next in line. Now that we're down to our
2: third option, just let it be closer by committee. Sure.
3: Right.
2: I'm actually okay with Hyro being the closer. Hmm. I think he's got the stuff for it and he's got he's definitely got the right attitude for it. But it's more of a we've got to wait and see. I think as the season progresses, it's we're going to stop seeing so many heart attacks from him. But, you know, we'll see. I'd also be okay with doing uh, a bullpen by committee. Yeah. It's working so far. so
0: I'm good with that, too. What always will surprise me is how Carlos Estevez is actually not that great of a pitcher. He's good, but he's also not that good.
3: Do you know what I mean? Yeah, six, 16 he's got basically a 16 there's almost a 17% strikeout rate and his stuff suggests that should be much higher. And I don't know why it's so I, low and it I just, it's weird.
0: Yeah, I i would never understand like you look at Carlos Estevez like he's filthy, isn't he? But he's not. And I think he must, like doesn't have any spin or something or his ball is like fastballs are too straight or
3: Yeah, he he's not a spin rate guy. Daniel Bard, spin rate guy. Jeff Hoffman, spin rate guy.
2: Carlos Estevez, not spin right guy. Carlos Estevez, I'm going to throw the ball as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Basically. I don't know. Um, ah, but wh- ah, When Estevez is lights out, though, he looks so great. When he's throwing that near 100-mile-per-hour fastball, and when he's nailing all of his locations, he's such a fun pitcher to watch.
0: It was surprising. So you guys watched the one-hitter last night, right? Of course. Definitely. Oh, my God. And apparently it's like only your sixth, I think, in, in team history in 27 years.
2: Six in team history fit combined. Yep.
0: And he uh and what else was interesting is is Philip Deal got called in later and he um while he wasn't like overwhelming, he would hit like the bottom corner of the zone
3: really pretty well. Yeah, I I like what you see from Philip. He's not a stuff guy, he's a he's a tricky with delivery and move arm angles and stuff kind of reminds me of Tyler Anderson but the bullpen version mm-hmm. so he's not going to his stuff isn't going to wow you but he's so herky-jerky he switches arm slots his leg kick is really high and he can change that around mm-hmm. he's, he's deceptive just because of the way he pitches and I think with all our other guys a lot of our guys are very sound mechanically and he's not
2: and I think that difference in the middle of a game works yeah And something I want to say about Philip Deal is, with that trickiness, he's got a really slow-forcing fastball, to the point where it's kind of bizarre, but with how tricky he can be, he can make that work. And I I like Philip Deal. I got really grumpy with him last year and grumpy with the team because of how we handled him in terms of just calling him up super early when he wasn't ready out of desperation because everybody was getting hurt and we needed bullpen arms, but... I think with the off season, he does have potential to be a solid bullpen piece for us. And we've seen good things from him so far this season. So I'd like to see us keep putting him out there and see how he does.
0: I think, I think it'd be interesting, certainly. Um, I, uh, I decided to look into Carlos Estevez and why he's not as good as he should be. And I was also trying to remember... Um, If there's any specific article or if we just know, like, based on tweet, that the Rockies finally stopped throwing so many fastballs. Do you guys remember Uh, if there's, like, a specific article or just a
3: tweet? uh, It was a Ryan Freemeyer tweet uh, where he had a graph from Savant. And so I'm not – I don't know. I'm not super adverse. I don't know Savant that well, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people do. And Freemeyer sent out some graphs last night. I'm searching my stuff, so bear with me. But I can't find it. So, Oh, here we go. Watch it load. Bear baseball with me. Savant takes Everybody, money. can you guys just talk amongst so yourselves? So the Carlos
0: Estevez baseball savant finding is that his four-seamer has some vertical movement and some horizontal movement. Um, and his, his four-seamer is fine. Um, his slider has 2.8 um, is it 2.8? Like, I guess it's a T score or something because it got 37.8 inches of drop and it's 2.8 versus the average or 8% more than the average and the horizontal movement isn't actually as much. So it's, while Carlos Estevez's slider you think is more, you know, usually when you think slider it's usually more horizontal, his is actually more vertical. Um, But it seems that his changeup is worse than average and just doesn't, doesn't break as much as other changeups And so you've got like a 96 mile per hour four seamer versus an 88 mile per hour changeup versus an 86 mile per hour slider. And so since the slider actually does dip downwards, whereas the changeup doesn't as much, it's just kind of like a slower four seamer. And I just, I don't understand why he's
3: not better yet. All right, so I got the fastball numbers up. So in 2019, the Rockies had the worst ex-Woba in the league against fastballs, which was 403. So far this year, they have, or excuse me, in 2019, they threw the 12th most fastballs with that 403 Woba, and now they're down to 27th. This is before the Seattle game last night, so it might be a little different, but it won't be vastly different. And then also, we rank 18th in ex-Woba on off-speed pitches in 2019.
2: This year, we're 5th.
0: So we just basically started to throw other pitches.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And on the subject of mixing pitches, I think that segues really cleanly to uh, one Mr. Antonio Sensatella.
3: Okay.
0: Uh,
2: um, who, that guy's really good. Did you guys know that? I've been telling you guys that
3: for you years. You have been us I've been, years, been agreeing with you this whole time, good. John. Yeah, he needs a slider uh, to be an effective starter, and he has one now. So if he can continue to work on that and make it a good pitch... Uh he'll be a really good
2: fourth starter and a low end number three starter if needed. And so he's he's won and I know the win is somewhat a meaningless statistic, but he has won all three of his outings. Three quali- uh two quality starts, but his pitch mix is really, really interesting. So he's got the fastball and the slider and a curveball and a changeup, and he's throwing his breaking pitches a lot more. So uh for the first time uh, in his career, he's throwing his fastball less than sixty percent of the time. His current pitch mix is that he's thrown his fastball uh, which is about ninety four ninety five miles per hour fifty two point three percent of the time he's upped his slider rate he's thrown th- that twenty three point five percent of the time and he's also upped his curveball and change up rates to twelve point one percent each and his breaking pitches look good he's getting people to swing and miss at him he's putting them in the right locations. He's getting the work done and he looks so much better than he did last year. He's actually striking out batters, which you know, last year he couldn't buy a strikeout to save his life. And this year he's just he's looked kind of like a different pitcher. He's got a strikeout percentage of nineteen point four percent in in seventeen innings and he's got a fairly low ERA. And most of the runs here he's giving up are are towards the end of the ball game. Like when um he gave up that home run, uh the other day and that was towards the very end of his outing but he looks good he looks so good and it's really really nice to see especially when he's so young i mean he's only 25 years old he came up when he was what 23 he skipped triple a entirely wow and he i think is proving this year and if he can continue to be as good as he is that he is you know, a, a mid-to-end rotation starter, and this is where he belongs. Yeah. So good.
3: Will you will you just compare that pitch mix to Herman? Because if people don't know, Herman and Sensatella are best friends. So I bet his pitch mix is pretty close to Herman's now.
2: Oh yeah. uh, So I'm pulling up Herman's pitch mix now. I actually did not know that they were best friends, but I really dig that. Makes sense. They're both that, from
3: Venezuela. They both came up together in Double uh, A.
2: That is absolutely delightful. I did not know that. We'd like to hear uh, that.
0: Twenty twenty Colorado Rockies delights.
2: Where
3: is his pitch mix? Well, while he does that, Henry, do you want to talk about John Gray so far this year?
1: All right. So I like John Gray's been getting through his outings, and he has a three point three one ERA, I believe, and that's fine, right? But he's not striking out many, but not many batters at all. But I think, like, normally he's a 9-strikeout pitcher according to strikeouts per 9, right? But he's only striking out, what, 3.9 by now? That's his strikeouts per 9 at the moment. And I feel like that'll eventually go up, he'll figure it out. But as of now, I'm not as, like, hyped about him compared to Marquez, Freeland, and Sensatella. But I have confidence that he'll eventually get to the same level as the other three.
3: I, yeah, I think, so John, I think everybody would agree John's been the least impressive Rockies pitcher to date of the season, of, of the four starters. But he's still, it reminds me of that 2018 year where he lost all that weight and just couldn't get a strikeout. We sent him down to the minors. And I, I don't know if John Gray's ever going to, like we talked about with Estevez, he's, his stuff indicates he should be a strikeout guy, but he just can't he just hasn't been able to do it consistently there's times where he looks utterly dominant and then times where they're just teeing off on his fastball
0: so here's um I think I found out why so you know we're talking about why um, the Rockies are different this year and they're they're advocating less four seamers and that's good for most of us except for if you're John Gray which you need a four seamer however, Twenty nineteen the four seamer mile per hour for John Gray was ninety six. Twenty twenties is ninety three point eight. Ooh. That's a pretty sharp drop in velocity. And like in no it's time. Just like twenty eighteen. Just like twenty eighteen. Yeah, and his slider is three miles per hour slower. And his changeup is the same. And and it says he's throwing a sinker a little bit more often. But the thing is, if if this is if he be, tries to become this in a different way, he's got a curve that's a 77 mile per hour curve. If he can like command it, and if you add like a 94 like four seamer with an 86 slider and a 77 curve, you know that could potentially work. And right now, his his pitching arsenal is. Forty percent four seamer, twenty five percent slider, thirteen percent changeup, ten percent curve, ten percent sinker, and so he's a yeah Evan. He's really getting um. He's got no spin on his fastball. He's got no K percent. He's just getting hit hard, and he can't strike out anybody. But his curve, so his like his low low percentiles again in what those two starts, three starts. Yeah. Um the The nice thing, I guess in all this he's not striking people out, but maybe if we can convince John to that he doesn't have his fastball this year because he doesn't have any weight on him and just use his curve more because his curve is better than it used to be, his whip is only 0.98
3: because he's not walking guys mm-hmm. which is what you with everything with John you want that walk rate to stay low because that's when he gets into major trouble. Mm-hmm.
0: His fastball velocity dropped from the 2019. He was the 88th percentile, and now he's the 68th percentile. Oof,
2: man, it's not good. So, have you got that pitch mix up for Herman? I do, but uh, real quick on John Gray is that John is is really odd because he has these major ups and downs, and he's also one of the only uh, starters that has more than four pitches in his arsenal. But I really think. If this is how things are going to be, we're at a crossroads for him where there needs to be a hard decision made on what kind of pitcher he's going to be going forward. Uh, you know, if if he wants to be that strikeout you know, dominant type of pitcher, then he needs to get that sp- he needs to get his spin rates up, he needs to get his velocity up, and figure out what's going on. And if not, then he's got to rely more on those breaking pitches. But there's got to be a, a line drawn. I think this season, where it's time to figure out where he's going. Yeah. He needs to go to drive line.
3: Oh yeah,
1: sure. they're in Seattle,
0: so I mean, Ooh. yeah. Um, I think we got I got one more person I wanted to talk about before, you know, kind of segueing a little bit. Um, I'm going to give you some percentiles of a person who has 5.1 innings pitched for the Rockies. Um, exit velocity 95th percentile, XERA 99th percentile, barrel percent 72nd percentile, hard hit percentage 96th percentile, X batting average 99th percentile, K percent 96th percentile, X blow, 99th percentile, X slugging 100th percentile, whiff rate 100th percentile. I guess this is 5.1 innings pitched.
3: That
2: gives him what? This is Mister Tyler Kinley. Tyler Kinley. How about that K nine of thirteen point five? Solid. He...
0: And what's interesting is that we keep talking about how the uh, Rockies have decided. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't throw as so many fastballs. Twenty eighteen, Tyler Kinley was throwing sixty percent fastballs and forty percent sliders. Twenty nineteen, he switched it up a little bit and he had a little bit more su- success. And now he's at. 62% slider and 33% four seamer. And his exit velocity is
3: 81.5. I mean, Tyler Kinley is why you don't spend on. Why you don't buy a super pen. Yep. We got him for free off the scrap heap from one of the worst teams in baseball. Like, they just let him go. And now he has looked disgusting in the best way possible.
0: I'm I'm really happy for him and us so far. I mean it seems like this is the year like where we finally decided like, why don't we just see what's on the scrap heap I'm like oh Matt Kemby used to be a good player and maybe Chris Owings has potential and Tyler Kinley has potential and so far everything is just working out except for uh Mr uh, Drew Butera. Um, quickly, I want to just, Man. before we, you know, what we could do better things, I wanted to quickly touch on the MLB strength of schedule, because yes, we're a good team, but we, uh, before the season, season was supposed to start, we had the 22nd hardest strength of schedule, and now we have the 26th hardest strength of schedule, because we have been playing the Mariners, the Giants, and the Padres apparently are supposed to be a good team, um, Apparently. Apparently. And then the A's are a good team, and the Rangers are bad. bad. They're bad. So we've played not good teams, basically, and we have the highest winning percentage. So grain of salt. But the stats indicate we're a good team.
3: Boo Zach Boo What
0: could we do? We're gonna take a quick break and we'll talk about what we could do better in order to maintain our lead. So see you after the break. Welcome back to the Rock Pile Talk Pile, going uh, I kind of finished up since so we kind of went through the gamut of like literally everything that was good about the Rockies. Let's talk about um, something that's interesting. There is um, a person who is the only, I think he's one of the only people who, he's the fifth catcher in Major League Baseball to catch a no-hitter in both leagues, Sir
3: Drew Butera. Are you saying that he's going to catch a no-hitter this year?
2: He was close. He te- he technically did yesterday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was a one-hitter. No, he a four-hitter. Or a no-hitter for four innings. Oh, is, is he, he yeah, catching yeah, yeah.
0: today? I hope nope. not, but... It's, here's my, my problem.
2: Diaz will be the starter.
0: Yep. <sighs> here's a problem. Drew Butera is not good at anything bad. else. Really bad. Really, 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 really bad. Um... And we keep giving them starts because we're dummies. Weird. Like I feel like we're we're just squandering our lead because at some point we're like, oh my god, we still keep t- starting Jupitera, and for some reason, it's a. Uh,
2: I, I I don't I don't understand what we're thinking. Can you guess what Jupitera's WRC is right now? I'm looking at it. You are incredibly close. Negative forty three.
1: Man. Wow.
2: I mean,
0: you should have known last year when he had the seven Wii U Runs Created Plus that this was not a good idea.
2: And here's the thing, is that he's negative never 47. really been that good. Oh. In Fangraphs, he only has uh, a war over uh, zero twice. In 2014 and in 2016, and neither of those are above one. Every other year, he's had negative F war. His highest WRC plus ever is 115 in 2016. He's just, he's never been very good. He's
0: got to have some blackmail on somebody.
1: Oh, yeah. Man, we're talking shit about Butera on his birthday.
0: <laughs> well, maybe he blows out his candles this one time and he actually wishes to be a better player. Yeah. Oof. I was oh. really trying not to go there, um, even though that's what we're all thinking. about the only way that Drew Beterra can play in ball games, um, yeah. Even
2: I mean, up. I'm sure he's a nice guy. We saw him do during the hiatus lots of really cool stuff for the community, Ooh, I especially think hospitals. That's where you're going with that when he said oh, yeah. blows out. He's just not a good <laughs> baseball player. He's had one average to above average season in 2016. And every other year he's been below average or flat out bad. But he can handle a pitching staff, apparently. Yep. Except apparently not because our pitchers prefer to throw to Tony. That's true.
0: How many games he's pitched like he's caught what, four innings or seven innings or yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. You know Tony Walters as much as we love you, you got a twenty-three. You know who's better at plus. handling our
3: pitching staff? Elias Diaz.
0: We really like he had that weird like hard hit percentage and nothing was working. And
3: they were amazing. He
2: should. You know, he like, should I mean, Drew Bautista shouldn't Guterres have made this that. team from the get go. The fact that the Rockies have signed him three different times.
3: And this is, is what four days in a row is not baffling,
2: and I don't know if it's because. Is that him going on with him? He's got a special relationship with Buddy, God. or that our pitchers are saying that they want to uh, want to pitch to him, or that Jeff Wright is just an idiot. Drew Butera has is proving he cannot play on a major league level. He has never really played <laughs> on a major league level. He got drafted in two thousand five. He's been playing in the majors since 2010 and he's had one good season. I think that's <laughs> Oh man. It Alexi out of the league Amarista. Oh, I'm so salty that they gave Daniel Murphy DJ's number.
3: I mean he's he's catching version of Alexei Amarista. Bud loves him. Bud loves him. Yep. Hit the ball hard as hell. Yeah. Alexei, they let him wear Tulo's number right afterwards on Marista. Boo. Yes, I'm still salty about it. Still salty about it.
0: Boo also. I mean, Elias Diaz has four played appearances. And they were great. It's just... It's crazy. Like, why is this so hard? You have three catchers. That was the other thing. So I'm still, every single podcast, I'm going to call Bud Blackout on not being able to know how to run an offense. You had, so the the no-hitter was over. Drew Butera walked for the first time (coughs) ever. And then he ran. Did not do that. There is no, there is no like lead that is safe in baseball when we're playing like every game counts so you literally could have had chris owings or you know man anybody you could have had matt kemp run for him there
3: no i think that's a negative well, The Rockies you think, you think matt kemp is worse thing with than catches, anyway. we
2: have five catchers i would R- say R-6 that it's at right best equal that's ridiculous and only just, two of them it would have been so easy now, to just one of them i will say makes any to be consistently that's, like, decent you that's have tony. three catchers you so could we've have got tony LSD's, walters Drew terra elias like, diaz brian beginning. severin was recently added what? and dom nunez why do we need five catchers on a 60-man what? roster in, in case every single one of our catchers gets covid then brian severin is up to the task
1: oh man
3: covid it's in case i catch covid that's all it is (laughs) yes because the braves at the beginning of the season had both their starter and backup out with covid like symptoms and so they had to bring two up real quick Mm -hmm. i guarantee you every team has at least four on their 60 man
1: yeah i think it's just because we've been facing lefties honestly
3: i'm just and we haven't seen Tony for yeah. a few days now, so I'm wondering if Tony's dealing with something that we don't know about.
0: Maybe, but then you should have like I am said a big something fan about of it. Elias if it Diaz was COVID, you got to get front with that. I don't think it's, it's COVID. It's in... not because then the like, whole team would cons-
1: be shut down. Right, be I'd even consider him starting to get some righties. I don't know.
3: <laughs> it could Maybe. be.
1: Um,
0: Elias Diaz needs to play. That's it.
2: is we're leaving
0: this in um the 2019 mlb percentile rankings of hold on
3: (laughs)
2: it should be noted that zach does not own a cat
3: major things are happening to zach right now uh we Yes, this we're not going any of this. Out. There's a cat in Zach's house randomly. So, obviously, Zach lives in a bad Okay, neighborhood. So, uh, so I'm going to say maybe, like,
1: yesterday... I'm going to give a- Bud Black the benefit of the doubt yesterday, and he started Butera <laughs> he because does. he wants a veteran for a Castellani, right?
3: So, anyways,
2: but while this goes on that- in the background... Even Zachary's if Diaz does himself. have some
1: throwing um, errors, which I personally Evan, think are or, more so me, like Diaz, you have any
3: more on Elias right? Diaz?
1: he still should be starting purely because he's generating offense at a position where we get like none.
2: <laughs> Man, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I will say Henry loves Elias Diaz, perhaps more than anyone else on this entire planet. Uh, on my Colorado Rockies Discord server, uh, he frequently speaks <laughs> by Elias Diaz. So I know that I know that Henry. Uh, this is all going maybe so loves super Diaz well. a little bit too much I'm so glad we're to keeping all compared to his value. But I I will definitely say that Diaz should be starting over Butera. If you're not going to start Tony behind the plate, you start Diaz. And if you're going to keep Butera around, then he is solely solely in a in case of emergency. Break glass. Here's a catcher.
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: Agreed. So the official podcast of both the carrocky subreddit and the LESDS fan club. That's what this is.
1: Okay, All I'm right, going to so say do we have
3: predictions for uh, we're going to beat just the, go with the next week. And then um, I'm gonna say we're gonna win the series Mariners against this Texas at the end of the week, but I can't
1: really get a recording. grasp on Arizona because um, Arizona started off
3: pretty cold, but three they're starting to really at home heat up. against Arizona and three and at home against Texas. Maybe Henry, that what becomes do you think a problem. The next seven but games then again, like.
1: Nolan Arenado, people are saying that once he gets his off day, which is today, he'll heat up right after that and Arizona's just absolutely gonna get destroyed by Nolan's comeback. So I'm gonna be optimistic and say we win all series. <laughs>
2: Uh, I I sure hope we beat the Mariners today. So we're, we're playing against Justice Sheffield this afternoon. Uh, and I like Justice Sheffield. I think he's got uh, an interesting career ahead of him. But if we do not take advantage of the fact that he's very young and inexperienced pitcher on uh, a Mariners team Evan? that has lots of cool pieces but is in the middle of rebuilding with a lot of very young people, then I'll be a little bit disappointed. Uh, I think... I'm going to be the optimistic one. I say we take two out of three versus Arizona at home and sweep the Rangers. Ooh, even better than mine.
3: Yeah, it is better. Uh, I will agree that we finish off the sweep with Seattle today. I'm with Henry on the one out of three on Arizona just because we historically don't do well against Robbie Ray, who we face tomorrow, and their bats are starting <laughs> to heat up. Um, so I'll, I'll go one out of three, but I don't think it will be So I will, will say, be like because I was teasing block. people they, with they it earlier. Close. And then and I'll go two uh, out of three against Texas really a as well, to get it out. So we were talking about. How uh, there's Herman uh, Marquez, the and, look weird. and um, um, and then Zach says, um, we'll do Taylor, but All right, and how similar Thank you for that, their uh,
2: pitch mixes are, and they are very, very similar. And the major difference between the two is that um, uh, Marquez throws his change up less than Senzi and his curveball more than Senzi, but they throw their slider about the same amount. and... Um, Marquez throws his fastball slightly less at 49%. But they've got identi- an identical pitch arsenal of four-seam slider, curveball, changeup. And their percentages are really similar. And I think John's right in that. That's really interesting.
1: You know, I'm actually just going to say, this pro- I could probably be completely wrong, but this pitch mix is exactly the same as legendary Venezuelan pitcher Felix Hernandez. So, maybe they're getting inspired by those. Like, Marquez got inspired by Hernandez, and then Sentatella gets, like, inspired by Marquez, and it's kind of like a big chain. I think that's... That's my
3: conspiracy theory. Yep.
2: I actually did not know that. No. Uh. I like that a lot. Cat. Is wrangling a cat.
3: (laughs) Felix and Sensatella were born in the same town. Obviously, many years This podcast got weird. See, everybody? It's weird. His nickname in the (laughs) minors was Little King because of it.
2: Hey, thanks for joining
3: us. All right. So I think that that's our episode. Our host is dealing with a cat in his house randomly. (laughs) So that sounds like fun. So, all right. Henry, say goodbye. Evan, say goodbye. Uh, see you, folks.
0: Start
1: wearing the purple, we're in the purple. Start
2: wearing the purple, purple.